0: Welcome to your weekly Nutrition Nuggets podcast. I'm Abraham Anjur Kuchian, registered dietitian and online coach. I'm here to distill the research on hot topics in nutrition into digestible and applicable takeaways. If you are new here, be sure to subscribe to this channel and follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Nuggets. Mm-hmm. All right, welcome to another episode of Nutrition Nuggets. And in this episode, we have our guest, Andy, who will disclose about everything that you kind of need to learn about liver, how to take care of your liver, and why it's important. Uh, Hi, Andy, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very good. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to uh, talk all about uh, liver health. Can't wait to get going.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for your time and
1: uh, being our our
0: guest today. Why it is it important to care of our liver to start with? Maybe our audience wondering why liver, even liver is that important.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the most the most relevant things about the liver is it performs a lot of functions in the human body. So the more function something is responsible for, so I think, you know, f- hundreds if not thousands of unique functions, you know, carbohydrate metabolism, fat metabolism, iron storage. So how I look at it is the more important functions an organ is performing, the more consequences there can be if something goes wrong, you know, with the organ, right? Whether it's the brain, the heart, the liver. So I think that's part of it. And then my observation is that in the general public, you know, in terms of how I see it in my clients and on social media, people definitely take extra interest in the liver. You know, the idea that it's a detoxifying organ, it it compels people to want to learn about what's good for the liver. It compels people to act this is uh, an observation I've made as well. So I find it very fascinating and uh, why it's part of the reason I love to talk and you know make content about liver health.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, on that note that you mentioned about detoxifying, I know there are many people who uh, ask me also, some of my clients actually ask me questions about like, oh, you know, by the way, there are this supplement is called like detox your liver and should I take mm. it? Uh, or some people do something like uh, green juices. What are your thoughts on that actually?
1: Yeah, I think realistically speaking, you know the the long term health of of the liver is like the long term health of the other, other organs. It's based on you know the totality of what you do and how you've been living. So you know I, the idea that you're gonna have a, some sort of juice detox or things of that nature and it's gonna make a meaningful difference, I don't you know I, that's not really substantiated by by any sort of science. Right? Maybe you do it for fun. It's part. It's not gonna hurt, but it's not gonna make your liver healthier the long term. Sometimes liver supplements. I mean, there are some compounds like prebiotic fiber, even things like milk thistle, some herbal supplements, which have minor amounts of evidence around the liver. I've seen some liver supplements. They have these things. They're not the most evidence-based. They don't have the most robust evidence. Those maybe can make a positive contribution, but depends on the components of it. And if we talk about supplementation for the liver, but there are other supplements that are more likely going to give you more benefit for liver health. Um, so there could be some liver supplements that are good. Some are bad. It depends on the exact components, and, and either way, nothing is more important than the totality of your lifestyle. That's for sure. Did you hear our audience? It is very, very important because like we tend
0: to really easily jump into supplementation, the easy method of taking care of something. However, as Andy mentioned, and I can 100% agree on that, like the total lifestyle factor on the long run is the way to go and not fall into the kind of the supplement world where we can end up having like tons of things where consuming some of them again as you mentioned might be some validations and might help us and others actually can even harm us not to mention about the uh, expenses that it can get with like all these supplements right now uh, i hear like a fatty liver is a very common kind of condition um and why it is so and uh like how can we kind of take cautionaries uh to prevent uh, from developing in its first place
1: yeah so yeah fatty liver is is increasingly common you know the latest estimates i've seen is like one in three adults so that's a significant number of people you know now, I think part of the reason why the, you know, it's becoming more common. I think the diagnostic criteria is it's easier to it's easier to diagnose. I think we have the the technology for that. You know, we pay pay attention to the blood work. Um, you know, we pay attention to blood sugar levels, and then we and then the, and then the medical medical teams explore more with ultrasound and things of that nature. It's just on our radar, right? It's just on our radar now. It's you know, it's well quantified and you know, we know what it is. Now how I look at it in a simple way, it's, it's, it's almost like it's something that can go wrong with the body a little bit, kind of early on. And it's a sign of other, you know, of other things that are wrong and other things that could go wrong down the line. Right. So when you have insulin resistance, when you have, you know, imbalance in your gut bacteria, if you have high blood sugar, if you have high blood cholesterol, all of these things can increase your risk of fatty liver, uh, even before you have, you know, more significant, Things going wrong. So the liver is, you know, is very sensitive to how you live. And it's one of the things that takes the, you know, that can take a significant load based on your lifestyle, but to, to reduce your risk of fatty liver, I mean, really your, your best bet, you know, there's no sexy answer. It's, you have to have a very strong diet or you have to have a strong diet. And then you have to, you know, you know, be physically active. That's your best defense because fatty liver is the most common thing that can go wrong with your liver. And the best way to prevent it is a strong diet and physical activity. And we can talk about what that means, but that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, so non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which is the most common form, means that it's fat on the liver, not caused by alcohol, but alcohol consumption generally not great for liver health, um, independent of anything else anyway, right? And to bring your weekly drinks down is probably going to contribute positively to liver health as well.
0: Right. And based on your experience, like uh, what are the most uh, impactful or highest risk factor that you usually see majority of people fall within this? like, Or they usually develop because they fall within this factor. Is, it, is there like any factors they have higher chance in increasing compared to the others? And are there some factors which, is, which are more common compared to others?
1: Yeah, I think type, type 2 diabetes is probably going to be up there right? Because insulin resistance is pretty much a universal feature for fatty liver. Because when you know, with insulin resistance, you know, you have, you know, improper fat metabolism, and then improper fat metabolism means that the excess fat is stored in the liver. And that's the definition of fatty liver disease. Right? So that would be number one, it really comes down to, you know, conditions related to insulin resistance, insulin sensitivity. And so type two diabetes would, would be a very big one.
0: And uh, what are some of the ways that we can take care of our liver and kind of avoid uh, of this kind of developing it in the first place? Like what diet? Let's start. You mentioned a couple of factors and lifestyle Mm -hmm. factors in place. Now, let's speak a little bit about like a nutritional diet uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. So what are some foods uh, that we might want to not necessarily avoid, but be considerate about like its
1: frequency and its
0: amount that is
1: negatively
0: going to impact our
1: liver? Yeah, I think that there's definitely interest around the role of, you know, sugar, sweetened beverages, you know, like the, the, the pops and the sodas of the world, the consumption of those drinks can be relatively high. Now people get this confused with just fructose generally, which is important to make a distinction, you know, fruit and hundred percent fruit juice is not causing anyone liver problems. You know, let's be clear about that. Now, if someone's, you know, pop soda intake is very high and then the rest of the diet's not great either that can contribute for people who already have fatty liver. What I've seen is that saturated fat is not great now, which means, you know, red meat and high fat dairy products, now, if someone has a very balanced diet and they eat these foods, they're not really likely to have an issue. Now, in the context of, you know, fatty liver, what a good diet means is trending towards a more Mediterranean style diet, which means that you're going to be consuming, you know, fish more often, you know, because omega-3s, and we can talk about this later, is very relevant. You're consuming legumes most of, more often, and you're consuming nuts and seeds more often. The vast majority of people don't consume a lot of nuts, seeds, legumes, or fish, And independent of other things like whole grains, fruits and vegetables, which are obviously important, um, those three families of foods are under consumed and those will having those more often will go a long way to reducing your risk of most things that can go wrong with the body, to be honest, including for including fatty liver.
0: Yeah, absolutely love to hear about this, and uh, not to mention to our audience that this food that you just mentioned or uh, have other health benefits that also of course, yeah. with it, right? So and so there is uh, like multiple wins when you introduce on a regular basis, especially the nuts with their fiber and healthy fat contents that affects also your other again uh, biomarkers, and uh, as you mentioned because uh, since insulin resistant uh, is one of the main causes as well uh to fatty liver so uh we we should remind our audience that uh so having that fiber having that complex uh carb that is what we talk about it are th- things that we avoid from developing insulin resistance which, which indirectly uh sounds like protecting the liver as well uh mm-hmm. Right. So now, uh, what would you say in case if people like uh more uh, like let's say about alcohol or uh, alcoholic beverage? How if people let's say overall have a healthy uh food intake and he- mm-hmm. healthy intake, but. Maybe they, are, they tend to be heavy on the alcohol side or if it's not even heavy, but they are maybe celib- like let's say when they go out for a Saturday night or Sunday night, maybe they aren't uh, drinking much on the weekdays, but then they end up drinking like maybe seven, eight uh, drinks uh, per night on those weekends. So end up being like around mm-hmm. 10, 12. So how that uh, have or if it has any uh, effect on your liver health?
1: yeah, well, I think every choice you make, and depending on the frequency and the magnitude of it, can have a positive or negative effect on your health, right? You can eat fish seven times a week, you can drink alcohol seven times a week, and you know it's it's a it's, it's a question of the, you know the totality of what you're doing. so if i'm if I'm working with someone and they ask me the, you know about about alcohol, I'd say, you know, if you can you know most likely, if they're if they're drinkers, I'm gonna ask if they can if they see it as a possibility to reduce their weekly average. You know that's more than likely going to you know contribute positively to their health. Obviously, there's new drinking guidelines and so on and so forth. We learn more about alcohol's role and you know it's tougher to justify you know moderate consumption. But you could argue that someone who has a very strong diet and lives very well, you know, which is true for a lot of other things too. They can take more liberties without consequences. So it's very individual from that perspective. On the whole, you know, the average person, ha- you know, who was drinking seven, eight drinks a week, they may not have a very strong, it's hard to say, you know what I mean? How strong is their diet? So it depends on the contextual factors, but I think I would always encourage or or, or bring up the idea of having, of reducing the average drinks per week to to whatever level that is. Because if it's seven to five, if it's four to two, there's going to be some net benefit to that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It
0: really makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, our audience might also be wondering is there a difference between drinking, let's say, one cup a day by seven cups in one day?
1: Um, well, in terms that, that's interesting. For for liver health, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna guess. Well, not even guess. I think it's pretty reasonable to say that spreading it out is probably easier given, you know, the liver is responsible for, for detoxification, and if you overload it in a short period, you know. It's the same as saying, you know, should I go for seven runs this week, or should I do all seven of my runs in one day? You know, one of them is going to be good, better for your legs than the other. You know what I mean? So I think it's pretty reasonable to say spreading it out. But um, it, you know, but there's other consequences. When someone has a drink, maybe they they live differently, as you know, they eat differently, and what is that? You know, it gets a little bit complicated. But all else equal, I think it's pretty safe to say spreading it out is going to be better.
0: Yeah. Right,
1: and as you mentioned, so
0: they are interconnected, and sometimes, yes, uh, uh, one can trigger the other, and people who might not drink, they also eat, uh, in a certain way, vice people who drink, because uh, it's, like, very interconnected, these things. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, do you have any uh, idea about, like, uh, the effect of being sedentary, vice-active on the liver, in, or what are some advice would you give, so our audience who aren't necessarily that physically active or they don't have much of it. They have more office jobs and they are more on a, uh, like an eight to nine hour sedentary mm-hmm. lifestyle.
1: Yeah. I think there's no question that physical activity is very, very good for liver health. You know, physical activity can you know, drive down insulin resistance. You know, it can reduce liver fat storage, inflammation, all these things. And the thing with physical activity, when it comes to the liver Is you don't need, you know, physical activity is beneficial, even if it's not related to losing weight. So people might think, you know, I have to do this or that to to lose weight, but the benefits of physical activity. And there's lots of studies that show this for liver health are independent Mm -hmm. of that. So, you know, don't let that be a barrier to continued physical activity. That's what I would say. You know what I mean? Physical activity has extreme value independent of anything else. And there's no question that regular physical activity is, is very, very good for you. And it's very, very good for the liver. Uh, and, you know, all else equal, it's, it's smart to to do what you can even moderate low to moderate intensity physical activity multiple times a week is good. I mean, the higher intensity, to the extent which you're able is great, but you, you do what you can and certainly something's better than nothing. That's for sure
0: right and uh to sum it up pretty much uh, what i'm hearing about like the liver is really uh those kind of indirectly majority of the impact is caused indirectly and if we take care of our like intake and lifestyle mm-hmm. and exercise all together and prevent like other conditions especially insulin resistance we will prevent like from uh having any kind of uh fatty liver disease or any other kind of liver issues so uh would you say like um then uh like the it's more kind of the consequences of other conditions
1: usually what drives to uh having a sick liver yeah i mean it's it's an interesting question i think you know again it's 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 one of those things like it it can go what goes goes on the liver because the liver plays so many roles in the body right so many different roles, again, you know, fat, carb metabolism, detoxification. There's a lot of room for things to go wrong. So if you're not living well, the liver could be one of the first things that gets hit. I mean, that's maybe a decent way to look at it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because fatty liver can happen to many people at a relatively young age, you know? So it's kind of like a you might consider that a wake-up call of sorts, that your body's heading in a certain direction. And if you get diagnosed with a fatty liver and, you know, you can reduce the amount of fat storage in your liver. You can reduce the amount of scarring on on your liver, right? So, quote unquote, you know, people like to talk about reversible. Can I reverse fatty liver? And you know, in a sense, you can. You can you can reverse the weights, you know, the objective measures of it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it more or less, yeah, what you said is correct, right? It's it's a consequence of other systems in the body going wrong, like imbalance in the gut bacteria, increase in inflammation, um, insulin sensitivity, insulin resistance. All of these things have consequences for the liver.
0: Absolutely, yeah, love it, love everything that uh, we are uh, disclosing to our audience here. Are there anything else that you want to add uh, in into today's episode?
1: Yeah, I would say there's definitely some, you know, in terms of s- some supplements for liver health. I mean, people often think about milk thistle. There's not a huge amount of studies on that, and milk thistle is just a, you know, a horrible antioxidant. Some studies show it lowers liver enzyme levels, but probiotics generally have the most evidence to help with fatty liver because I'm bringing this up because people, people really enjoy supplements because obviously it's path to least resistance on some level, you know, imbalance in the gut bacteria can negatively affect the liver and a good amount of evidence shows that probiotics, which help to rebalance the gut bacteria. So does healthy eating, of course, can really help liver health. Another interesting factor that I'll bring up is, you know, I mentioned omega-3s and fish. Now, a lot of people don't eat fish. People with fatty liver have lower levels of omega-3 fats stored in the liver, right? So that's a clear sign. So that clearly it's indicative of the fact probably fish intake has not been playing a big role. So for people out there, you know, and I did some content on this recently to help people understand that the types of omega-3 found in fish is not found in other foods. So if you don't consume fish, you may really be a candidate to take omega-3 supplements. And that could potentially reduce your risk of fatty liver and certainly improve your liver health if you already have it. And then other, other than that, I'll just say, you know, for green tea and coffee drinkers, there definitely looks like the evidence is definitely pointing to a benefit for liver health. So those are some other fun little bits and bobs around the liver world. Um, yeah, for like, I mean, just, you know, for example, people who have fatty liver who drink coffee, they have a lower risk of the disease progressing, um, which is very interesting. And that's just down to the high huh. antioxidant total in, co- in coffee. So there's a few little other bits and bobs that I think people might find interesting
0: right and on that note i also want to tell our audience some people because uh, they take extreme like we don't want extreme for the coffee in both sides because some people think like mm-hmm. coffee itself completely can have negative impact on our health Yeah. where others like uh, yes it is uh, healthy but then uh, we need to understand that caffeine uh, we, the, the 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 majority of the effect comes from all the other phenolic compound within the coffee and not the caffeine itself yes we need to be mindful about how much caffeine per day we are consuming because too much coffee because of the caffeine can have uh, negative effects too. So be mindful and uh, 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 of course coffee has multiple benefits so you don't have to be afraid of it. I just bringing this up because I I hear a lot about this and nor you need to abuse the coffee because that's also going to be bad for you. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Andy. So if our audience have more questions about liver, how they can find you and reach out to you?
1: Yeah, well, you know, you can find me on Instagram at Andy VRD. I've written a lot on liver health um, on my website and for various platforms. So if you, you know, you type in Andy, some question about fatty liver, Andy fasting liver, and you know, questions like that, it's quite possible my my content will come up just because of, you know, just because of the nature of it, so if you're interested in all whether supplementation, the role of fasting, the, the role of coffee, you know, you can find those, uh, find that content on my website. You know, look up, look it up via my name, and uh, yeah, I have a book on fatty liver disease as well that I published last year. I've learned a lot more since then, um, and written much more content since then. But you know, if you can't get personalized advice, and you need a starting point. That's not a bad place to, to to start. Awesome, thank you so much, Andy.
0: Thanks for listening to the Nutrition Nuggets podcast. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, share it with your friends and give us a five star rating. We really appreciate that. And if you want to get more information on how to achieve your nutrition and fitness goals sustainably, then check us out on Instagram at Abraham Dietitian and at testimonials.abraham dietitian to see if you are a good fit so that you can apply to work with us.